You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's easy to read too much into an off-season press conference. But Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy had an opportunity to sell the fan base on their free agent moves so far, and they really failed to ease very many concerns. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. On the show today, we'll go through the important takeaways from Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy's mid-free agent press conference. We'll talk about the decision to bring in Andy Dalton and also instantly name him the starting quarterback as opposed to opening it up as a true competition between him and Nick Foles. We'll also hear Matt Nagy's reasoning for why he's going to call the plays in 2021 and not Bill Lazor. And we'll also hear Ryan Pace's pitch for how the team has gotten better since the end of last season with some of the constraints they've dealt with this offseason. Whenever the Bears hold these press conferences, specifically with Ryan Pace, I try to put myself in his shoes and say, okay, if I'm the Bears general manager and I'm meeting with the media, which is therefore essentially the public, one of the few times a year we actually hear from Ryan Pace in more of an open format, I have to sell the fan base on the moves that I have made as general manager, specifically since the last time that I talked, which would have been right after the regular season and getting ready for the offseason. A lot has changed since then, most notably the new quarterback in town, but also uh, some tough decisions as far as salary cap stipulations and Allen Robinson on the franchise tag and Kyle Fuller out of the building. But particularly, we know this fan base is riled up about Andy Dalton. As much as Ryan Pace might try to pretend that they don't pay attention to the outside noise, you can be sure that everyone in Hallis Hall knows the fan and media reaction to the Dalton signing. And so it's a little bit of damage control to come out and say, here, everything is okay. This was a good move. This is why we did it. This is why you should be excited about Dalton. That's If I'm Ryan Pace, that should be my goal. So as we listen to what Ryan Pace said, ask yourself... If he accomplished that, I think you know with Dalton, the, the things we like as you look at it, you know, obviously his experience. He's a nine-year starter. Uh, he's been to three Pro Bowls. A lot of leadership uh, with Andy Dalton. Uh, decision making. We like his decision making. Uh, he's won a lot of games in this league. Uh, Andy's been a durable player too. I think that's something that's understated. And I think really Andy fits our style of offense. You know, when you go through it with our scouts and coaches. You know, he can handle the dropback game. He can handle the RPOs, the play actions, the movements. And we just felt, you know, as we went through those free agent quarterbacks, uh, he's one of the more complete quarterbacks that we evaluated this year in free agency, and uh, we're excited to have him. What's the thinking behind assuring him that he'd be the starter as opposed to making it an open competition? 
Yeah, because that's that's how we see Andy Dalton as a starting quarterback, and, and we're excited to have him. And again, that went into the evaluation process. He's been a starter in the league for a long time, and and uh, produced at a at a high level for a long time. So again, that's all of us uh, collectively in the building, uh, coaches and scouts coming to that conclusion as we went through the free agency process. Um, and uh, yeah, he's our starting quarterback um, as we head into this season. You say Andy Dalton fits the scheme what what about Mitch's game didn't fit the scheme just for clarity um there's there's a lot of things that come down to that I'm not and I and again Stacy we're really looking forward and excited about Andy and I and I would talk more about that I just think Andy's experienced he's played in a lot of games in this league he's won a lot of games in this league uh, Andy makes good decisions he's accurate um, and we just fit he's we just feel he's a fit for our offense I completely understand not wanting to say anything bad about Mitch Trubisky and, and not making it about the past and wanting to move on, that's that's taking the high road. That's very understandable and kind of common practice for general managers. But I really didn't think Ryan Pace did a very good job on specifically selling us on Andy Dalton as the guy. And I think he was too vague in a way that was just like almost unnecessary. Like, I, I don't think it's ever a good sign when you're asked for positives and the first things you talk about are experience, number of games played, and wins, which are all things that are mostly out of a quarterback's control, he didn't really give us a lot of specifics about why Andy Dalton is better, what Andy Dalton does, other than we got, you know, he's accurate and he makes good decisions, and that's that's something that is valuable, but like specifically this idea of fitting into the scheme all we got is, a, you know, there's a variety of factors and, you know, we think he can handle a lot and can kind of do a little bit of everything. But I can't help but feel like there was a better opportunity to really say, you know what, Andy Dalton is going to be able to, you know, spread the ball around and hit all different areas of the field. He could move in the pocket a little bit. He can work on some play action. He can go through a progression really well. He can see things coming defensively. He has a comfort level with our coaching staff. He can throw anywhere on the field. He can put the ball up in a catchable spot downfield. He can hit the quick underneath throws. You know, you could get specific without giving away your scheme. Like it's it's this open opportunity to say, hey, Ryan, sell us on this quarterback decision that you made. And all we kept getting was, you know, he's experienced, he's he's won a lot of games, he's done a lot of good, he's seen a lot in this league. And all that's telling us is that he's older, right? He's older than Mitch Trubisky. He's been through more than Mitch Trubisky. And again, it's not about directly comparing him to Mitch. It's about telling us what he can do. And all we got was some accuracy and some decision-making. And it just felt like an easy opportunity for Pace to really kind of sell us on it, and we really didn't get much to get excited about. Matt Nagy was a little bit more forthcoming, but also short on details when it came to his explanation of why he's taking over the play calling again in 2021. We'll hear his reasoning and go through some of the different dynamics of the decision next on Locked On Bears. The college basketball championship is set, and so are the lines at betonline.ag. Right now, we have Gonzaga minus 4.5 with their money line at minus 200, and the over-under for the game set at 159.5. It's going to be a fun game, but you can add even more excitement for you by laying some money down at betonline.ag. 
If college basketball is not your thing, they've got MLB odds, NBA odds, NFL futures, NFL draft prop bets as well. So many more ways to play and win at betonline.ag. That's why it's the number one place we trust and the number one place we recommend. Sign up today for a free account and enter our promo code Locked On to receive your free 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. You know I've always got your bears covered, but if you want to get more of the sports news you need in less time, you got to check out the Locked On Today podcast. All the biggest stories in sports in 20 minutes or less right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. By now, Matt Nagy should expect the questions about who's going to be calling the plays for the Bears offense. I don't think the questions are going to go away as long as he's got the job or as long as the team struggles offensively. It really emerged last season as one of the dominant storylines of the year. So they went back and forth with Bill Lazor taking over that spot and then Presumably he kept the spot, but there were some questions about whether or not Matt Nagy may have sort of taken it back. But none of that has been really concretely reported. And and Matt Nagy's always been a little bit vague about it or a little bit reserved or hidden and not trying to give away too much. And I certainly understand there is perhaps some small competitive advantage or at least a perceived competitive advantage that's justifiable enough, right? It's not like he's just hiding it just for the sake of hiding it because he doesn't want to tell. I mean, he thinks, and it's reasonable to think that there could be some sort of advantage to keep some of that scheme stuff off limits in terms of what they're trying to do offensively. So I respect some of that. And he was very clear this time to say, yep, I'm calling the plays, but he wouldn't get into a lot of details specifically about why. And again, I think there's some room here to maybe add a little bit more just to keep some of the questioning down and save himself some of the grief in the future. Do you envision this offensive philosophy kind of maybe swinging a little bit towards some of what Bill's done throughout his career? And have you decided who's going to be calling the plays this coming season? Yeah, so the, the first part um, in regards to um, the, you know, where we go schematically, what I would say is, is, is this, is we are literally wrapping up as a coaching staff are all of our scheme evaluation, which is a, a fun process in trying to figure out um, where we're at, what we want to do. Did we have an identity? Uh, what was it and why? Um, now, when you start developing, and, and as I said, teams change every year, you got to start knowing, okay, what's the strength of your team? Well, we're, we're not 100% there yet because we still have the draft and we still have some pieces that we feel like offensively, defensively, special teams wise that we can add that can be significant. So once we know exactly where that's at, uh, it'll help us. Now, knowing um, that going into this thing, having Andy as our quarterback, um, what we're able to do, and we'd be foolish to not do this, is go back and see the things that he does well, right? And then what, what, what things do we do well um, with, with specifically personnel-wise, our players, now that we've been with them for three years, what are their strengths? And let's, let's kind of um, – you know, taper this offense towards that. So that's the part where now with this offensive coaching staff that we have, there were some new faces last year. We're now going into year two together. So not only for the player side, do they know the players, 
but we as coaches know the strengths and weaknesses of each other. And now we put that all together. Andy having a background with Bill, that definitely helps. There's a comfort level there, right? They, they know each other's strengths and weaknesses. And so that part is, is really good. Um, and, and so now what we got to do is be able to say, okay, when the players get in here uh, and we're rolling, like what things, what are some of his uh, strengths and weaknesses? And, and um, every quarterback is different. It's going to be different than Mitchell. It's going to be different than, um, than Nick. It's going to be different than what Alex Smith was at the end there in Kansas City. Uh, but that's the fun part. So that's that. And then as far as calling plays, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the one calling the plays this year. Um, and, and so I know you'll, you'll probably be asking that. Uh, so we can you know, just let you know that from the front end. But that's, that's an exciting thing for, for, um, for, for me to get back to knowing um, where we're at. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, the, the fun part right now is building what we want to do better, getting that right with coaches and players that are going to be with us. What led you to the decision that you're going to take over back as the play caller? And, and I, what, how did the scheme evaluation lead to this kind of point? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's uh, for, for me again, without getting into too much of last year, there's a lot of things that go into that. And um, you know, when we look through the scheme of out and where we're at uh, it, it was, it was for me um, just something that uh, I feel good about. And, and, you know, it's, uh, I'm not real. That, that's like a, a minor deal for us right now. We're just going through all this stuff, this film and seeing where we're at. We got bigger things to worry about than that. So it's just, uh, uh, that's where we're at right now. Again, I try and put myself in Matt Nagy's shoes, knowing that, yeah, there's going to be questions about who is the play caller and trying to answer it in a way that will at least satisfy us on the outside to be able to say, all right, like you're not going to give super specific checks. Say, yeah, Bill Lazor sucked at it, or I hated not having that control over it. I mean, you're not going to get that deep into it, but like, I thought you could have given a little bit more there to say, you know what? We gave Bill a shot at it last season and he did a great job of working with the personnel that we had. And he got us in a position to win some games down the stretch when things weren't going that well for us offensively. But now it's a new season and we've got some new players in there. And I feel really good about where we are as a coaching staff to where I can handle that responsibility and let Bill Lazor spend more time with Andy Dalton and developing that part of our offense. Or, you know, you could start you could start to come up with some sort of reasoning here, right? Even if it's not a super perfect answer to answer all of our questions, you could at least give some meat to that without actually like giving away all the secrets of how the offense works or how different philosophies have taken over and how that play calling dynamic power struggle may have gone back and forth, right? You could give us something to be like, okay, that makes sense. Like you feel like Bill can be used in these other ways and can help in these things. If you take over play calling, the, the one thing he said in there is, you know, it's exciting for me to get back to knowing where we're at with these things or know what you know, that was sort of the, the phrasing he used there. So I'm curious if he felt a little bit disconnected from that offense down the stretch. I mean, I don't want to read too much into what he said and try and read between the lines and put words into his mouth. But like, that's, that's all the only morsel we got to chew on a little bit here of like, you know, the rest was very much talking in circles and not really saying anything, but that was the closest thing to a detail of him wanting to be a little bit more involved in, in what's going on offensively. I think it was valid and, you know, well, well put 
at the beginning there when he talked about how, you know, it is different every season and it is a new quarterback and it is new personnel. So it's not going to just be the same offense at any point because different players have different strengths and weaknesses. And it is his job as the coach and as the coaching staff to maximize your players' strengths and put them in the best position to be successful while minimizing their weaknesses and trying to find, okay, where do everyone's strengths align and how do you then do that the most and then try and, again, keep those weaknesses not very accentuated to help those players be successful. That's the right process. And I I appreciate Nagy going through some of the reasoning behind it, even if he can't go into some of the specifics of like, okay, here's our exact scheme and the types of plays we're going to call and all those details that are, again, a little bit more under the competitive advantage umbrella. But the play calling thing is such a sticking point, such a controversial or I guess publicly discussed topic that he again didn't just didn't do a very good job of sort of laying it to rest or or satisfying our questions or putting a bow on it I mean pick your pick your overplayed metaphor we still sort of have some of these lingering questions about why I mean even though he was directly asked why it was just like you know we're still doing scheme evaluations and that's such a minor deal for us and we're kind of moving forward and I understand from his perspective that like yes you know, whoever's calling plays, it should be the same scheme anyway. So, you know, how much of a big difference does that make? But it really does. And more than anything, he he kind of left it open for further inquiry, questioning, speculating, and criticism down the line, especially once the season comes around and we start to see how this offense takes place with this new personnel that still opportunities to add more to this group that could shape how this offense ultimately looks. For now, we're left with a Bears team with a different quarterback, some different offensive linemen, and some key departures on the defense that have all left us a little bit uneasy about where this team stands now, understanding that there is still going to be those opportunities to add more. We'll hear Ryan Pace's pitch on how the team has gotten better and how they've handled these difficult decisions next on Locked On Bears. Throughout the month of March, we put all the best built bar flavors head to head in one giant built bar bracket to determine which protein bar flavor is truly the world's best tasting protein bar. All of the built bar flavors taste good. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate, low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. But we wanted to determine which one was truly the most elite and not surprised to see coconut brownie chunk taking the top billing after all the head-to-head matchups. It's the coconut bar with actual brownie chunk pieces in it. It's right up there with cookie dough chunk and caramel brownie cookies and cream as my top favorite built bars. And I'm glad to see the bracket process truly produced the top flavor. It's my number one recommendation. You got to try them out for yourself. Head on over to builtbar.com and enter our promo code LOCKED. 15 to save 15% off your next order. Now that it's April, our Locked On NFL podcasts are shifting into NFL draft mode, and we're going to go in-depth on some prospects here in the coming days and weeks. But a little bit later this month, April 19th through the 23rd, We are having the ultimate 2021 mock draft right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irving, 
Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Find out who's going to trade up, who trades back, and who selects the next stars of the NFL. We'll have more info about where you can find our ultimate mock draft coming up here very soon. In the meantime, we're getting a sense of where the Chicago Bears stand as they get ready for the draft, and we've had a lot of questions about, okay, where is the direction of this team, and what's the bigger plan here? How, how is this team working toward being better in 2021? And we understand that free agency isn't over, and the NFL draft is going to be an opportunity for the Bears to keep adding to their team and to provide some of that longer-term optimism and hope about the young players coming up through the system. So we, we kind of understand that, yes, this process is not over. Ryan Pace did talk a little bit about, you know, that they're exploring bringing in another safety to pair with Eddie Jackson to compete with Deion Bush, but we kind of know they've brought in safeties to compete with Deion Bush in the past, and really that means safety to start over Bush. So more is coming here, but... Up to this point, we've seen some really talented players go, and we've seen the players they bring in not be the most well-received. I mean, I think Desmond Trufant was a welcomed addition, but you know, Andy Dalton and some of the offensive line stuff, I mean, it hasn't been stellar rave reviews from the fan base, and this press conference is, again, an opportunity to kind of sell us and say, all right, see, here's the moves we made, and, and here's why you should be excited and be optimistic, and and this was Ryan Pace's real opportunity here, straight up, kind of directly asked, sell us, what's your pitch? How has this Bears team gotten better so far? I think, you know, hey, as we go into this, uh, as we went into this offseason, Jason, we, you know, we had limited resources um, in regards to the cap, and it was important for us to retain certain players. So I think as we go through it, and first off, getting guys back like Cairo Santos and Mario Edwards and Jermaine Effetti, just to name a few, that was kind of the first step uh, in our offseason process. Uh, but we challenged ourselves in free agency, really with limited space, uh, to get better. And I thought our pro scouts and our coaches did a really good job adding valuable pieces. Were we big spenders in free agency, Jason? No, but I thought we addressed a lot of needs. As you talk about guys like Andy Dalton and Angelo Blackson and Jeremiah Tashi, Desmond Trufant, Christian Jones, Isaiah Wilkerson, Damian Williams, to name, to name a few. Um, those are all needs for us uh, um, and important players for us to add. And that's all uh, before we go into the draft with eight picks. So I think that all bodes well for us. In addition to us continuing to grow and develop a lot of our young players. So I think of guys like Jalen Johnson and Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney, James Daniels, uh, David Montgomery, those guys continuing to grow. Uh, that bodes well for the Bears. So um, all of that, I would I would add to the excitement with our coaching staff. Um, really excited about Sean Desai uh, and some of the things we've done on defense. Um, and so I think as we look into 2021, the additions we've already made, uh, the, the growth of our players um, and, and some of the changes we made with the coaching staff uh, gets us excited. Those are all valid points. And I think it's important to remember that spending in free agency is not the same as getting better all the time, right? The teams that spend the most don't instantly become the best teams. Certainly they don't sustain any success that they get from that free agent spending. So they just because the Bears weren't big spenders in free agency doesn't mean that they're moving backwards or they're missing, you know, some sort of big boost that they could have potentially gotten. I, I think for us it's it's hard to swallow 
the losses more than it is, you know, the lack of big potential free agent gains, right? I mean, stepping backward from Kyle Fuller to Desmond Trufant, Trufant's a fine replacement, but it's not Kyle Fuller at this point. And having that vacancy at safety next to Eddie Jackson, even though it likely will be filled, and that will certainly help in feeling a little bit better about the direction of this defense and not stepping back. I mean, having those vacancies and, and those reductions is what I think is hardest for me, right? It's it's feeling like the slot cornerback spot is not secure at all with a Duke Shelley Kindle Vildor competition. Feeling that safety spot is not secure yet. Like I'm okay with Desmond Trufant, even if it's a little bit of a step back from Kyle Fuller. But like you know, you look around and it's like you don't feel like you got a lot better at quarterback. You don't feel like you got a lot better on the offensive line up to this point with, you know, Jermaine Effetti and Elijah Wilkinson potentially competing at right tackle and then probably Sam Mustafer at center with Daniels and White here at, at guard. Like, I think for Bears fans, a lot of the disappointment comes from this opportunity of feeling like you could have gotten better or at least could have kept more of what was good on your team. You know, when you start to talk about the Bears being in on Trent Williams as a potential left tackle, which was probably a pipe dream anyway, but it was solid reporting that they were pursuing him or that they were in on Kenny Galladay or that they were in on, you know, even Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston, and of course, Russell Wilson, kind of the big one that leaves a lot of Bears fans feeling disappointed by comparison. But I, I do think to Ryan Pace's credit, you know, Damian Williams in the backfield is a nice addition there. You add, you know, a lot of that depth back on the defensive line. You add some better pass rushing in your rotation with Jeremiah Atauchu and Christian Jones maybe playing some snaps on the outside there as well. That's an upgrade over what they had from Barcavius Mingo. And sometimes those lower key subtle free agent signings can ultimately be the more important ones whereas some of the big name guys can be a little bit more consequential in terms of the hit and miss that we've seen the big hits work well and the big misses really be detrimental so like I'm willing to see this one out a little bit more and understand that more improvement could be coming at the spots that are still areas of concern and that the NFL draft is an opportunity to add potentially a starter and maybe a couple of impact rotational players at a, as rookies and try and build you out a little bit more long term. I just think so much of this comes down to the quarterback position and a lot of Bears fans not feeling great about that current direction and not getting a lot of reassurance or great selling points from Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy in their press conference. Like I said at the beginning though, it is just a press conference, and it's not the end-all, be-all on the fate of this team. It's just an opportunity for public relations and for trying to improve that perception, and I don't know how well that was accomplished. But we're excited for the NFL draft. That's where more optimism, improvement, and hope for the long-term future is set to come. So on tomorrow's podcast, we'll start getting to know some of these prospects a little bit more and some of the potential options for the Chicago Bears, including at quarterback. And on tomorrow's podcast, we're going to start with Kellen Mond from Texas A&M as a little bit more of our, our starting point for a quarterback option that he's kind of all over the board in terms of where different evaluators think he could be drafted. I'm sort of in the more like Bears second-round pick type range, but we'll see how things kind of play out. But we'll be joined by Cole Thompson from Locked On Aggies. We'll learn a little bit more about the Texas A&M offense and what Mund does and doesn't do and what he was asked to do, strengths, weaknesses, projections, all that good stuff, as well as some other 
Texas prospects and, and more general draft talk. Cole is not a, a one-dimensional guy by any means. So should be some fun there. We'll have some other guests joining us later this week for more draft talk. So I hope you'll subscribe to Locked on Bears to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. By the time we get to draft day, you should have a pretty good understanding of at least all the major players you'll need to know for the Bears draft. We can't cover all 256 or however many picks it's going to be and all the different prospects that could be there for the Bears, but the top names we will have you ready for. And I hope along the way, it makes it just a little bit easier to bear down.